Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirit travel and magic the gathering. I'm your host, Dwight, aka D Blanco, a medium that wears an extra extra large. You can reach out to me at MTG Ectoplasm on Twitter, or you can email me directly at MTG Ectoplasm at gmail.com. Let me know how am I doing? Am I doing a good job, a bad job, or I shouldn't quit my day job? Now, like I ask each and every single episode, do me a favor hit that follow like subscribe button why because of algorithms and algorithms they do their things and the more you hit that like or follows or subscribe button more people will watch the show and you know what word of mouth is a big thing too so do me a favor share this uh, podcast with your friends and family because if you like it you know they're gonna enjoy it so that's what i'm asking please 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 hit that follow like subscribe button it could be somewhere over here or over there all around i have no clue but if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. If you're watching um, on what Spotify, listening on Spotify, Google or Apple podcast, thank you. Thank you very much because I'm reaching out to the thousands and thousands of you worldwide since spirits is starting to take off huge and pioneer and the pro tour stuff is starting to begin. Uh, we got to make sure you're up and ready to go, especially with the spirit tribe. Now, like I do each and every single episode, I want to bring in the young lady who basically is the driver of the show. She's the engineer. She's the one who come up, comes up with these wonderful little graphic, wonderful graphics like this one here in my upper right hand corner and uh, came up with this little wonderful coffee mug. Uh, it's the one, the only the young lady who I call the ravishing one, the ravishing Renata. How you doing there? Ravishing. I'm doing good. How are you feeling? Feel good? Feeling, feeling good? good? Long day, right? Yes. Yeah. For those who don't know, like I, I work as a nurse and uh, let me just tell you, it's tough, especially here on Father's Day. Uh, but the wife has been working extra hard working what the 24 seven shift. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She she gets no sleep. She you know as they say, there's no rest for the wicked, right? Nope. No, and that's a great magic. Well, it's not. It's an okay magic card. So, uh, Ravishin, what do you think of tonight's episode? I think it's an interesting episode. It's a very detailed, specific, in, in the reason why, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, uh, because pioneer is the entryway to the pro tour i want people to be aware so when they go to their lgs they can sit there and smash because guaranteed ladies and gentlemen is it right now is on hiatus because of uh expressive iteration on hiatus at the moment but you got mono green uh devotion and then you got red deck wins these are the two decks that do cause us major problems in the spirit tribe now it doesn't matter what deck you pick especially in spirits mono blue snow azorius or bant guess what there's keys to victory i'm going to share them with you in number second but i'm telling you right now ladies and gentlemen it's a moral imperative to pick up these decks play as much as you can test out the decks find out their strengths Find out their weaknesses because that's what I do, ladies and gentlemen. Before I come on the show, I test, I play test against these decks to make sure you're able and capable to kick ass. Now, uh, I want to thank the individual. I had an individual. His name is Mike. Goes by, uh, 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 oh, geez, Sorrows. I'm something Sorrows. He, uh, he reached out to me. He's like, listen, Dwayne, I have a 3D printer. I want to print you out something. I, and I was like, you know, there's a token I want. And he tried to build it, but it didn't work. So he decided, you know, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to build you a special little 
a nugget. And now I'm going to share it. I'm going to do it every single episode. Uh, I'm going to call it my little boo sheet. And here it is, a 3D printed little ghost. Uh, and it's going to be my my little boo sheet. So whenever I go, oh, that's boo sheet. Guess what? My little boo sheet's going to appear out of nowhere. Just go like, ah, like, you know, it's an RKO here. It's a little boo sheet. So I want to thank Mike. Uh, he's a fan viewer, listener of the show. So I want to thank you, Mike, hands down for uh, sending me my little boo sheet. So let's begin this episode. Shall we ravishing? What do you think? Should we get this thing started? Let's get started. Now that the, uh, uh, you know, the, you know, we've done all the pleasantries. It's now time to get to the meat and potatoes. Now, this deck that I'm going to talk about, obviously, if you, you hit the thumbnail, you saw the thumbnail, I'm talking about red deck wins. All right. Last time I did mono green devotion. Very, very tough deck, but a lot of you enjoyed and, and, and did take it to heart. And I've been hearing from a lot of you, you actually getting victories on the insight that I gotcha. Now, there wasn't one young man who's like, listen, I play Azorius. Uh, where's the Azorius stuff? Sorry. Uh, but they, I, I changed it up this time. I'm going to bring it because the fact that people don't know Azorius right now is winning at a 58% clip right now. This past month, it's winning, it's win percentage is at 58%, which is the highest out of all spirits, Bant and Mono Blue Snow. I'm not telling you that you got to lean that way because I'm a Mono Blue Snow guy. I love Mono Blue Snow, uh, friend of the show. Uh, oh, shoot. Uh, Oh Jesus! I, I I just I I I think, uh my my man Fink he he's the young young man who won the uh, showcase challenge, and he's keep on going on. He prefers the mono blue snow friend of the also friend of the show the spirit master in Brazil likes the bant version. So I'm not gonna be smart to either one. No matter what try what version of spirits you pick, you're gonna pick a winner. Okay, so just listen shortly on what to do with this mono red so ravishing why don't we just take a look at this mono red snow i'm sorry this uh red deck wins list now red deck wins okay is a deck that works very quickly it works in two ways it's an aggro deck and a control deck meaning that it likes to control the board state if you have creatures it's going to do anything and everything in its power to destroy your creatures expeditiously and at the same time, if it could smash you in the face and, uh, let's say, burn you, uh, like burn, it's going to do so. Now, there's several variations. There's one with, like, a heavy creature package, like the one I'm showing you tonight. And then there's one that's less creature intensive. This is a, a deck list that I saw that went 5-0. So it's not, it may not be the latest and greatest version, but this is one that piqued my interest. So let's take a look, shall we? Now, this deck right now, Red Deck Wins, this version has 26 creatures. You have two uh, Rampanching Ferocidon, four Jesus, Kumano Faces Kakazan, four Soul Scar Mages, four Monastery Swift Spear, four Goblin Chain Whirlers, four Eidolon of the Grout Revel. We're going to be talking about that card. And then four Bone Crusher Giants. We know about that Bone Crusher because why? It has a uh, a spell on it, an adventure that does two damage. That's also a creature that they have to pay when it's an adventure land. 
Now, in instance, they're running eight instants. They're playing eight, uh, four, play with fire, four lightning strike. Okay, not bad. And then some versions are playing uh, with planeswalkers. They're running Chandra, Torture, Defiance, or Chandra, Chandra, Jurassic Kill. So I'm going to be talking about both of those. Then you, they have 23 lands. The one, the Ozaki Crucible of Defiance. I think it's okay. Uh, I'm not, not fancying spirits against me. But, you know, if they're going to play 1-1 spirits at that heavy mana cost, fine, go ahead. Don't hurt yourself. Then for Don, Den of the Bugbear, this is a card that's tough, ladies and gentlemen. Terribly, terribly tough. I'm not a, f- I'm not a fan of playing against it. It's a solid card. It's definitely a solid card. Then you have four Renep Ruins and then 14 uh, Mountains. Now in the sideboard, you're having one Rolling Vortex. Not bad. One, one uh, red cap melee. One repeat. Another uh, rampaging uh, ferocidon. One, uh, sorry, two upgrade. Three rending volley. That's a tough card right there. Three a lava coil. Another tough card there. And then four scarab clan berserker. Now this is very rare that you see this card. Uh, I, I've never seen it run against me, uh, but I'm just making you aware of what is out there. Now, let's look at the next slide, shall we? And this is what I call their aggro package. This is their one little mana uh, red that they put, and it's their prowess package, in a sense. As you saw, they're not really running too many instants or sorceries, but this is to get out there and deal damage, especially with Monastery Swift Spirit. They can put it out turn one, boom, they're going to bump you in the nose and deal some damage. And then the following turn, if they have an insta sorcery, guess what? They're going to probably do it to destroy a creature and then, boom, hit you in the face again. Now, Soul, uh, Soul Scar Mage, this is a card that I don't like. In the meaning, like, I, in, I like the card, but I don't like it against me. Why? Because it gives creatures negative one, negative one counters when they're dealt non-combat damage. So if they're taking a card or an instant or sorcery and they're targeting our creature, guess what? Our creature goes, wah, 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 wah. oh, sorry. Yeah, it shrinks. It's like reverse Viagra. It sucks. Now, if we look at the next slide, we end up having, next slide, please. We'll end up having Kuma Faces Kakazan. Now, this was a unique card. I was like, why would they run this? This isn't truly aggro. What does this do? Well, in Chapter 1, because it's a Saga card, you know, it deals one damage to each opponent and each Planeswalker they control. Okay. Not phenomenal, but okay. But chapter two, when you cast your next creature spell, listen to that, next creature spell, that creature uh, comes onto the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it. So the creature gets bigger. Hmm. Not bad. Then uh, chapter three, you exile it, and guess what? It transforms. It becomes a 2-2 human shaman with haste. If a creature would deal damage this turn uh, by a source you control, and it would die, exile it instead. So guess what? That creature you thought was going to go into your graveyard? Uh-uh. Bye-bye. Now, realistically and honestly, something we really don't have to worry about in spirits because the fact that we're not running Moreland Haunt because Moreland Haunt is not 
legal in Pioneer. It's not legal. So this really does, it means absolutely nothing to us. But the fact that it can deal you with damage when it comes out, it buffs a creature the following turn, and then it becomes a creature. I, I, I think it's probably one of their weaker cards in it, but it does make sense in this deck. Now, let, if we look at the following uh, slide, uh, we'll see here what I consider the most pain in the ass part of this entire deck. The number one card that I've talked to my friend uh, Fink and then also uh, Remf from Brazil is Eidolanda the Great Rebel. This sellout, this this spirit, this 2-2 horrible creature, I hate this thing. If you've played against it in modern, it's just a, just a horrific creature. It sucks against us. Why? Because most of our cards in our deck generally are between mana one and three. And realistically and honestly, generally, it's within the one or two mana slots. And the card reads, whenever a creature spell, I'm oh, sorry, whenever a player casts a spell, with converted mana cost three or less, Island of the Great Revel deals two damage to that player. <clears throat> that sucks. Spell, you know, you play Spell Queller, take two. You play uh, Rattle Change, you take two. What? Shackle Geist, you take two. You play Mausoleum Wonder, you take two. Instead of calling it Island of the Great Revel, it should be called take two or spirit of taking two that sucks i'm going to be talking more about this card and how to deal with it next card is bone crusher giant it's two generic and a, a red for a four three creature okay not bad but it has stomp a generic and a red and it deals two points of damage to a, any particular target well, because we're running spirits, most of our spirits, our toughness is between two and one. So basically destroys any and every type of spirit with the exception of mm, Spellqueller. Then you have Rampaging Ferocidon, which is two generic and a red. It's a 3-3, three, three, which I automatically do not like because anything with uh, power, a three, really tough with spirits right now the part that i really don't even like even more it has menace meaning that you have to block it with two creatures really two creatures players can't gain life well there's a particular card that we use in our sideboard that helps us get the victory and rampaging for us screws us over whenever another creature enters the battlefield Rampaging Ferocidon deals one damage to that creature's controller. So if, if this creature, this dinosaur from Jurassic Awfulness is on the battlefield and we try to play a creature, boop, guess what? It takes a point. Yeah, um, yeah, that really sucks with Mausoleum Wanderer. That really sucks with every, you know, rattle chains. It sucks with anything with toughness of one. I don't know if you noticed, but this our deck 
We have very soft booties, very tender booties, because some of them are one. And then comes our their bread best friend, which I, I I can't stand either, which is Goblin Chain Whirler. Three red mana for a three three first striker. Just the first strike ability annoys the heck out of me. The second thing that annoys the hell the noise the hell out of me is the fact that it does almost the same thing as repaging uh, Frostodon in the sense that when this creature comes into the battlefield or enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to each opponent and each creature and planeswalker that person controls. So, say if you have a whole bunch of one ones, oh, they play Goblin Chain Whirler. Here goes your board state. Yeah, that sucks. So you tell me here, ladies and gentlemen, let me know. Reach out to me at MTG Ectoplasm on Twitter and tell me which one of these creatures do you hate the most? Because I'll tell you, I don't like the, the, the spirit that takes two, uh, makes you take two. That one really sucks. But this is the package here that they depend on. They rally around to sit there and screw their opponents over. I'm just basically specifying for us in the spirit tribe, the spirit community, what is our major issue here. Now you're starting to see that why this is one of our toughest matchups that we have. And realistically and honestly, mono green devotion is a tougher matchup, which we can supersede and win over than this. Okay. We can beat this, but it, it's a tough hill. But Mono Green Devotion is even tougher. Let's look at the next slide, shall we? And the next slide, we have Chandra. Now, you're going to go, well, Dwight, in the slide, you know, when you're doing your deck list, you brought up three Chandra Torture Defiance. That's right, because that's what was in that one particular deck. But you know what? Chandra Just to Kill is also, also being used in certain uh, red deck wind decks. So I want you 100% aware of what's out there. Now, let's take first look at Chandra Torch of Defiance, which is too generic and too red. And it has a loyalty of four. So it's almost like a Jason Mind Sculptor, but in red. Sort of. So it's plus one. It says, exile the top card of your library. You may cast the... Cast that card. If you don't, Chandra Torch of Defiance deals two damage to each opponent. Okay. That, that sucks. I don't like taking two to the head, and especially in red, I really don't like taking two in the head. Now, the next one is plus one. Add two red mana to your mana pool. So it gives them some form of uh, ramp. And especially in red, I don't like to see ramp. No bueno. All right. Now, they're negative three. Torch, uh, Chandra Torture Defiance deals four damage to target creature. Well... Ladies and gentlemen, if we had a problem with them dealing one damage or two damage, of course we're going to have a problem with a creature, you know, with Chandra doing four damage. So say we have a spell quiller and I, I don't know, uh, a lord onto the battlefield, like, uh, I don't know, Supreme Phantom. There goes our spell queller. It's dead. It's gone. Adios. Arrivederci. Mushi mushi. Konnichiwa. Goodbye. Aloha means hello and goodbye. That's problems. At the negative seven, which I doubt nobody ever does the negative seven on uh, Chandra. And if you do, God bless you. Okay. But let's read it, right? You get an emblem. Whenever you cast a spell, this emblem deals five damage to target creature or player. Well, 
if you allow your opponent to get to seven and get to some of them, just pick up. I'm just going to be sincere. Just pick up your, you know, you, you, this is a deck that you need to technically win the latest turn eight. Latest. I've seen, I've come across victories against this deck by turn 11, turn 12, and I, I was pulling out my hair. Literally pulling out my hair. Now, let's take a look at Chandra Dress to Kill. Like I said, some decks are running it. Some other runs are running Torch of Defiance. Chandra Dress to Kill is one generic and two red with three loyalty. Plus one, add one red mana. Ch Chandra Dress to Kill deals one damage up to, uh, sorry, deals one damage to up to one target player or planeswalker. So guess what? It gets one ramp, okay, and it deals damage to a player. That means me, since we're not running Planeswalkers in our deck. <laughs> Another plus one. Exile the top card of your library. If it's a red card, you may cast that card this turn. Well, last time I checked, this is called red deck wins, and the only thing they're playing is red, right? So, oh, uh, I draw my card. Okay, not a problem. I plus one. Oh, it's something that I wanted and needed, and I can play it this turn. Great, I can cast it. Woo for them. Now, this one also has a negative seven, and it says exile the top five cards of your library. You may cast red spells from among them this turn. Great, just like this, the, the first plus one, right? You get an emblem with whenever you cast a red spell, this emblem deals X damage to any target where X is the amount of... Uh, mana spent to cast that spell i'm going to repeat what i just said before if you let the seven hit which i've never ever 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 seen anybody pay the seven you get that far realistically and honestly you're better off picking up because nothing in your board say it's going to stay around because there's nothing that's giving your group, your tribe, everything that's going up, the ability to sit there and get rid of an emblem. There's nothing out there that can get rid of emblems at the current state. Not that I'm aware of, especially in Pioneer. But then you're working against going, oh, well, they cast a spell. Boom, I'm taking damage. Boom, I'm taking more damage. Boom. There's only so many times you can boop in the face. Now, let's look at the next slide, shall we? These are the eight cards, the eight instants where damage is getting done. First, it's, we're going to look at Lightning Strike, which is a generic in red. It's an instant. It deals three damage to any target. Thank God it's not Lightning Bolt. Just saying. Just humbly saying I'm proud and happy that it's not Lightning Bolt. But now, look, let's look at Play With Fire, shall we? Play With Fire is one red. Play With Fire deals two damage to any target. If a player is dealt damage this turn, scry one. Hmm. Hmm. Now, uh, unfortunately, the, the card is eluding me. But there's an instant you pay red, you do two damage to any target. 
unfortunately, this has a better ability because the fact that you get to scry. It means you can filter out your deck and go, oh, I see this card. I don't need it. I can tuck it on the bottom of my library. This this card, Play With Fire, is an amazing card. And especially in Pioneer. Yeah. And the fact that Mono, you know, Red Deck Wins wants to filter out what the nonsense, the shenanigans they have so they can get the keys to victory. They want to sit there and say, hey, I need I need to get a particular card to wipe out a particular creature. I need to sit there and, and be able to do damage to my opponent right to the face. Playing with fire is us literally paying with fire. Now let's look at the next slide, shall we? And the next slide we have the lands. Now usually I don't talk about the lands, but this is where um, this is where I had to take a look at the lands. Let's look at Den of the Bugbear, shall we? If you control two or more other lands, Den of the Bugbear enters the battlefield tapped. Now, me personally, uh, I have yet to see a Den of the Bugbear enter the battlefield tapped. Never, ever, ever have I ever played an opponent on MTGO or in uh, IRL that Den of the Bugbear does not come onto the battlefield untapped. No, I've always seen it come in untapped. What I'm trying to say is I've never seen it untapped. I had to clarify that. Now it comes on the battlefield and you can tap it for red if it's not unt if it's not tapped. But then this is the part, the piece de resistance, as the French would, French would say, which I don't like. It's three generic and a red. Until end of turn, Den of the Bugbear becomes a 3-2 goblin creature. Thank God this is not a goblin deck. I'm just saying. 3-2 goblin, goblin creature. With whenever this creature attacks, create a one-one red goblin token creature that's tapped and attacking, and it's still a land. Oh, great! I get to sit there and face a three-two creature, and they add a one-one on top of that that stays on the battlefield. It doesn't go away. It doesn't disappear and go. Hey, goodbye, Mister Bugbear. No, no, Mister Bugbear is still a land, but uh, now we have a goblin token that's going to smash us in the face. Don't like it. Don't like this card. I hate facing it. Then you have running up ruins. A land. A desert. Okay. Now the, 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 the line that we have to worry is the last line, but let's go through the first two lines. You tap it, you can add a generic mana to your mana pool. Okay. Not bad. The next line says, pay one life, add one mana to your mana pool. One red mana to your mana pool. Okay. I mean, it's a drawback, but how bad is it a drawback? If you're automatically playing a whole bunch of, you know, mountains or you have Den of the Bugbear on the battlefield, you really don't really have to worry about too much of paying the one red mana unless it's truly necessary, right? Then the last line, the one that really, I'm like, hmm. Too generic, too red, tap it, sacrifice a desert, which this is a desert that we're going to end up sacrificing it. Run that ruins, deals two damage to each opponent. Well, I don't know about you, but if you ever played a bent burn, the last thing you want to do is take two in the face. And the fact that you're getting two in the face because of it's a, it's a land itself, no bueno. I'm just happy that it's too generic and too and tap. So they're t basically tapping five land to get this ability done. It sets them back. But if they're at five mana, how much is it really setting them back by? 
this here could be the key card to give them the victory because the fact that you're so low from all them automatically attacking ahead of time or lowering your creature's toughness that they get the victory. Let's look at the next slide, shall we? And the next slide is, oh, look at that. Ravishing, why don't you tell the listening and viewing audience what this is about? We have launched our online store for MTG Ectoplasm gear. We have all sizes from small to 4X in various sizes and colors. And we also offer coffee mugs. And they're for men and women. Now, today's Father's Day, so for all those fathers out there who are watching this show, you know, well, nothing tastes better than, you know, fresh brew coffee and a MTG Ectoplasm cup. Just saying. Just saying. That's no boo sheet. Okay. Okay. Now I'm just being silly. So please, please, please go to mtgectoplasm.com. Pick up your MTG Ectoplasm merch. I would appreciate it. I don't know. Hell, the wife would even appreciate it because we're always looking to update and upgrade our uh our stuff here so let's go to the main slide let's let's teach you and show you how to break this down the keys to victory shall we these are the keys to victory in mono blue snow okay this is how you do it this is what my friend mr fink said you use aether gust a generic and a blue and you can choose target spell or permanent that are uh, that's red or green you put it on top of the uh, top or bottom of their library so if there's a particular card that really truly bothers you uh, mm, Idolin of the Great Revel yeah you can tuck it on the bottom of the library mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just saying or if there's a creature that's really really bothering you because I don't know it has uh menace and when you play a creature oh it deals one to them uh like uh ferocious uh ferocious um the dinosaur thing yeah you can put it on the bottom library just just saying this is a card that is hugely beneficial for us in general dealing with red and especially the mono green devotion if you don't have your playset ladies and gentlemen pick it up yesterday not today because you already you're already like a couple days behind. The next one is witness protection. It's an aura and it's one blue. You have to enchant the creature, obviously. And it says enchanted creature loses all abilities, not just one, but every single ability. It's a one green it's a green and white citizen creature with base and power toughness of one one called legitimate business person. I don't know about you, but uh, I, I I like this. I like the fact that I can sit there and deal with, I you know, the Eidolon of Great Revel. I like the fact that I can go after the dinosaur. I love the fact that I can go after Chain Whirler because, oh, I don't want to deal with these awful things. And go back to Aethergus, guess what? I can deal with their planeswalker like Chandra. I don't have to worry about Chandra dressed to kill or not dressed to kill or freaking Chandra torture defiance. Guess what? That torch is going out, baby. Now, the next card is dive down. 
This is a moral imperative in our deck. Why? Because any a, anything and everything they're trying to do with our deck or their deck is to sit there and damage our creatures. Because we do not have Drog School Captain in our deck, guess what? We're going to start taking hits. Now, would I like to see Drog School Captain in Pioneer? Of course, who wouldn't? I think everybody would be like jovial and giddy and going, yay, they'd be throwing, you know, parades left and right in Spirit City. But we don't have that. We have Dive Down. One blue, it's an instant. Target creature gets plus zero, plus three, gains hexproof until end of turn. Okay, it gets a bigger booty. I am not going to complain about bigger booties. The problem with I have like the one part that I don't like is that the fact that uh with uh what does this one card? Soul Scar Mage, it shrinks your booty. But with the fact that you're given a hexproof, you don't really have to overly be concerned about it. So yay. So this is about this card is about protecting your creatures. So if you're a mono blue snow pilot. This is your keys to victory. Thanks to my friend, our friend, Mr. Fink. Now, let's look at the keys to victory with our Azorius belt. And here they are. Portable hole. Hello, Mr. Portable hole. Like we haven't seen you back in the day, back in the past. And it reads, it's an artifact. When portable hole, portable hole enters the battlefield, exile, target, non-land permanent, and opponent controls with mana value two or less until portable hole leaves the battlefield. Guess what card I'm thinking? Um, Eidolon of the Great Revel. Am I repeating myself? Is Did I hit repeat somewhere? No, this is the bane to our existence. Now, if you feel that they're going to come after you over and over again and try to shrink your creatures like Soul Scar Mage, go ahead, portable hold it. But realistically and honestly, I'm going to be sincere with you. Eidolon, 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 Eidolon. Portable hole has Eidolon's name all over it. Next card is Spell Queller. Of course, their whole entire deck is four mana and less. And, you know, should I read the? I'm going to read it. It's generic, a white, a blue. It's flying and flash, a 2-3 spirit. When it's Spell Queller, enters the battlefield, exile target spell with converted mana cost four or less. It doesn't counter. It exiles. I had to get into a, 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 a huge debate with somebody. It counters. No, it says exile. There's nothing encountered. Nothing is encountered here. It just goes, oh, here I am, and there I'm not. When Spellcaller spell leaves the battlefield, exile card's owner may cast a card with uh, without paying its mana cost. So guess what? Like I said, it doesn't counter. It just comes back. So Torch of Defiance, gone. You deal with the, uh, what's it, the dress, dress well gone chain whirler gone the dinosaur gone uh, you you worried about them doing playing stomp stomp uh, you know there you go you you you, you, you spoke well against stomp and then you don't have to worry about the bone crusher dying or idol on the great rebel you don't have to worry about that hell if you're worried about them taking using their ancestral sorceries to smash you in the face this is a great way of 
countering or pseudo countering their spells, even though you're not countering. And hell, if you're going to counter anything, hell, you got Mausoleum Wanderer to do that, do that for you against those instant sorceries, right? And then finally, Skyclave Apparition. One generic and two white, two twos, core spirit. When Skyclave Apparition enters the battlefield, exile up to one target non land permanent you don't control with mana value four or less. So it's basically, uh, I don't know, an oblivion ring, a creature oblivion ring for four mana or less. Can't beat that, especially against this deck. And especially if they're going to try to target this. Oh, I got spell quiller. I got, you know, my mausoleum wanderer. I, oh, oh, that's right. I have rattle chains to protect it. Let's read the last part because this is the part that, you know, uh, I have to remind people about because we're, we're, you know, we don't, you know, we don't like to remind people of the last part, but when Skyclave apparition leaves the battlefield, the exile cards owner creates an XX blue illusion creature token with X is the mana value of the exile card. Okay. Not a problem. So if, you know, we exile a torch, a torch of defiance, guess what? They get a four, four creature. Okay. But it's a generic 4-4 bear. Well, technically a bear is not a 4-4. Technically a bear is a 2-2. But you understand my point. It's a 4-4 it's a that we can deal with. And thanks to Skyclave, everything in their deck can be beaten, can be wiped away. So your keys to victory here, Island of the Great Revel. Get out of here. Cards that'll sit there and basically target your creatures, get it out of here. And technically speaking, wait and wait, hold, hold, hold. If they're going to try to bang you to your, like bang your face out because their goal is to control the board state, make sure wipe out your board, board clean. You got to use your mausoleum wonders and spell callers against that. But I don't want the great rebel is the card. Because the fact that if you play three or four, you know, let's say you play three to four creatures, you automatically take eight damage and you're already at 12 from 20. And that's a huge disadvantage, especially when dealing with red. Then finally, let's look at Bant. Let's look at the Bant key cards. The Bant portable hole again. Why? Because our friend Remf told us so. Basically, he's telling you the same thing here once again. Go after, I'll, I'll go after Island the Great Revel. That's not Bushi. This is a card that is truly the bane to our side. Now, the next one is Kiltilda Dawnheart Martyr, a generic two white, and it's a star star. It has flying and lifelink key. This is key here, ladies and gentlemen. Now, protection from vampires, nothing means nothing to us. Catilda, Dawnheart Murder, Martyr, sorry, parent toughness are equal to the amount of permanents you control that are spirits or enchantments. Well, we're not really running that many enchantments in Mint. But we are running a crap load of spirits, and we want this thing to be big. And we want it to come in and smash because realistically and honestly, we need to gain life against that deck. Gaining life is their weakness. They don't want us to gain life. That's the reason why they have that stupid little dinosaur that doesn't allow us to gain life because that bothers them. 
I'm going to be quite sincere with you. Then Cerulean Drake, if you sit there and put this on your sideboard, uh, I've been heavily thinking about it. But according to our my friend Mr. Fink, he's saying there's a lot more mono green out there currently than the mono red. But these are two decks that I want I don't want to really want to face, and these are the weaknesses. So I might actually put Cerulean Drake, which is a generic a blue a one one Drake flying creature. It has protection from red. So how can you beat that with a red? De- you know, a mono. Uh, what the hell is this deck called? Red deck wins. This is key with red deck wins. A card that they, oh, oh, you attack. Oh, I'll block it with this protection from red creature. Oh, I'm going to fly in and deal damage to you because you can't do nothing to my uh, protection from red creature. And the one part that I truly love about this card is that you can sacrifice Cerulean Drake counter target spell that targets you. I wish you could counter all spells, but hey, if it means protecting me at all costs, okay, not a problem, pal. Protect me. Because realistically, there's going to be a time where I'm going to be stuck at what? Maybe two, four, six life. They may or may not have a creature on the battlefield, but guess what? They got instance of sword. They got instance that can deal me damage to the face. Cerulean Drake is going to protect me. Am I wrong? You let me know. Why don't you read it out to me at MTG Ectoplasm on Twitter or email me directly at MTG Ectoplasm at gmail.com. Am I right or wrong? These are the key cards, ladies and gentlemen, that are going to give you the keys to victory. I've explained to you how to get it done. Hell, let me read here from my friend. He gave me a sheet. Renf, thank you very much, my friend. He basically says, conclusion, you cannot beat... uh, You cannot be beaten at the beginning. You don't want to. You want to come in quickly and smash, 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 but protect yourselves. Protect yourself heavily and protect your creatures. Now, mind you, he's running Bant. You have to be able to resolve or uh, you have to solve at least or resolve one collected company with some life. So it's a moral imperative, ladies and gentlemen. If you're running Bant, Get your collective company out quick because you're going to want that creature advantage because they're doing everything in, in their power to give you creature disadvantage. Portable Hole and Catilda are so incredible here. Why Portable Hole gets rid of what? I'll wait. Beverly, you heard me say it. What, what card does it get rid of? An ugly spirit, a red spirit. Okay. <laughs> she wasn't ready for that. It doesn't matter. She, she likes magic anyways. She's learning. Now, it gets rid of Adelon of the Great Revel. Now, Catilda is huge here because of the life game. I explained that to you. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not played this deck... You need to test it out now. Get good. Get a minimum of five hours deep into it and try to find somebody who plays red deck wins or mono green devotion, and you will see my keys to victory. And it finishes here. If possible, try to keep Catilda out of lava coil range. Why? Because lava coil 
Exiles. Exiles Catilda. And if you know anything and everything, guess what? With Catilda, Catilda has dis- uh, disturbed. Do me a favor. Can you bring up Catilda again real quick for me? I want to see the mana value on Catilda. Uh, disturb, disturb cost of three generic and two white. So basically, it becomes an enchantment that you can put it on a creature that does what? It gives it, you know, flying, lifelink, protection from vampires, and gets XX from vampire, uh, for spirits on the battlefield. Now, for those who don't know that are completely unaware, that a lava coil basically exiles the card. So basically, that disturb mechanic does nothing. Does nothing. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Well, what can I say? I want you to to, to just review the show. Test out, look at what's going on in your local community. Because the road to Pro Tour begins at your LGS. You have to get a feel. I would actually talk to the owner of the shop and go, hey, what, what gets played here? Who are the players that play these? I'd like to talk to them. Get a feel. Then once you get a general idea, go to MTGO World. Play a little bit. Understand. And go toe-to-toe with the decks that cause us, the spirit community, the biggest problems. Mono Green Devotion. Red deck wins. Take the keys to victory from both decks that I've given you. Test them out. Think of the logic. Play through. And I can almost guarantee you will get the victory. We've been shown that it can be done. Like I said before, you have Mr. Fink right now, who is right now, who who won the showcase, the Pioneer Showcase Challenge. He's going to end up going again. He's, he may be playing Spirits again. And I, I have a huge hint. Uh, which version he may be playing. I know he told me, but I don't want to share it with anybody. Shh. But he's, he may be playing Spirits. I'm just saying, shh. And then you got Remf in Brazil. Who's kicking ass and taking names with the band build? Then here in the U.S., you got Andre Seguera, the spirit master. If you haven't seen his most recent videos, he's actually running an Azorius build, an amazing Azorius build from a Japanese player. I was, you know, I, I've wanted to test out an Azorius build to see how it play, how it go out. And when I, when I did the research, I realized that Azorius has a 58% win margin this past month. I was like, holy crap. And the fact that this gentleman, this one individual in Japan came up with a really unique way of doing it. And Andre sat there and said, you know, I'm going to modify it to suit my local community. He did very well with it. So, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care which version you pick in Spirits. Mono Blue Snow, Azorius, or Bant. Play the deck. Know the insights. Know the ins and outs. Use my keys to victory, and I can almost guarantee, almost, I'm not going to you know, say 100% guarantee because there's no such thing as 100% guarantee. When it comes to magic, 
but you can win because I believe in you. I do. These individuals who share their knowledge with me, they believe in you too. They want to believe in you. They want to make sure this community, this deck is the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. Hell, I'm passionate about this, baby. I want to take my deck in and go, boom, baby. I'm playing spirits. Oh, 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 you got weepy eyes, weepy eyes. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm, we're going to win quickly. And I'm going to make you say, that's Bushin. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for watching this episode. Uh, don't forget to hit that follow, like, subscribe button. Follow me on MTG Ectoplasm on Twitter. And also email me directly at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. And then go to mtgectoplasm.com uh, to pick up your latest uh, MTG Ectoplasm merch. That's a lot of MTG Ectoplasm, right? Right, Ravishing? Yes, it is. That's a lot of MTG Ectoplasm. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, the next time you're kicking your opponent's ass, make sure they say, that's Bushies. We're out of here.